Fellas, it's the hottest time of the year, and you're still smelling like armpits and body odor. Whatever soap you're using, stop and get some Dr. Squash. Dr. Squash offers an all-natural soap that lasts a long time. Natural ingredients like olive, coconut, hemp oils, oats, sage, mint, and sea salts, as opposed to whatever's on the back of your synthetic soap. Click the link in the show notes or use the code SFRH9BPW. Again, that is SFRH9BPW. Get you some Dr. Squash and stop the stank. listening to the WDYM, the What Do You Mean podcast. Now everyone gather around and listen to one of Hamilton's best podcasts. No research to back this up. Your host, Michael Gillespie. And welcome to part two of the history of Hamilton football. This episode is is probably going to be one of my favorites for the second season. Uh, We are talking about one, we're talking about football, which who doesn't love? But we're talking about Hamilton football and its biggest rival. Now, if you're from Hamilton, or if you're not from Hamilton, let me explain this rivalry. Like, we have teams we play every year that we don't like as Hamilton football. Hamilton football generally doesn't like Middletown football. No, we don't like you. We've been playing you since 1912. Get out of our face. We don't want to play you. Then we have Fairfield, which is, you know, right down the street as well. Hamilton football and Fairfield football has never been spectacular football. There's never been no, like, animosity because Hamilton stinks. Fairfield stinks. We all stink together. But this rivalry has not been touched since 1999 and 2000. Two games each year. These games are not played every year. These games are played Almost approximate every 20 years. Let that sink in for a second. Hamilton and Baton do not play every year. They play every 20 years. So this, hands down, is one of the biggest games Hamilton has played. And we've played a grand total of four times. We'll get into the records and what's happened. But we have to go back in the time machine. We have to go back all the way to 1979 so everybody sit down let's gear up let's go back to 1979 now you may ask yourself why are we starting at 79 the game the first game happens in 1980 so why are we starting in 1979 1979 is the last year that garfield and taff are separate these two schools are both in hamilton and at this time they're separated. So we have half the population going to Garfield, half the population going to Taft. 1980, they are combining. But wait, when we combine in 1980, who's the coach? We have two coaches, uh, one from Garfield, Leonard Rush. Taft is represented by Dale Robertson. Now, Leonard Rush started coaching Garfield in 1977, and his first year was 09 and 1. His next year, he improved to 5, five and 4. His last year, he improved better and got 6-4. and four. Del Robinson started coaching 1979-1980 season. His first year at Taft, he goes 5-5. Five and five. So the question is, who who's the coach? 
who's coaching Big Blue in 1980? Dale Robertson, 11 and 17, three years. You might want to think that he might have the head coaching job. Dale Robertson's only in his first year and went five and five. Now, I don't know these two people. And trying to find somebody from the 1980 game and get them to talk is a work in progress. We are trying, <laughs> we, we are trying to find the coaches and see what they remember, if anything, about this game. Now, mind you that I do have another year because it's not going to happen in 2023. So I got to 2024 to get some interviews and start talking to people from the 1980s. So... Stay tuned for that. But at the end of the day, Dell Robertson was selected coach for the newly joined Hamilton Big Blue. Now, we're not stupid. We're not stupid here on the WDYM. We, we like jokes, but we, we're not stupid. We've all seen, remember the Titans, when two schools combined and race may play an issue. Let me remind you that Garfield, the east side of Hamilton, is a predominantly black side of Hamilton. And the west side, Taft, is predominantly white. Taft coach is the coach. Who knows what happened? Let's, I mean, there's still some investigating to, to do for this. It's hard to find rosters. Again, this is almost, what, 40 years of history that you're trying to find. It takes time. So, again, I got another year before we, we get to the investigation part. But nevertheless, Dale Robertson is the coach of Hamilton High. Who... Who would Dell Robertson have to go against? Arguably, arguably the best coach in in Ohio high school history. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the head coach of Baton. Terry Malone, time of his retirement, was with the all-time winningest coach in Ohio history. His record was 360, 117, and 8 when he retired in 2003. He was coach at Baton starting 1958, and he coached till 2003. So let it be known that the head of Baton football had a, a big advantage over Dale Robertson in his second year of, fo- of coaching football. Okay, so we know the coaches. We know the situation. Where's the state? Where is this being played? Now, if you listen to the first part, you would know that athletic field at Garfield Stadium could not hold a game of this magnitude at that stadium. While the stadium just re- renovated and got stands we're talking maybe four to 5,000 people pushing it to six. One thing about Garfield Stadium is that people used to line up along the fence side to watch the games. Even when I went to the games in the 1990s, that's the way it was. This game that is being played for the first time could not hold this game. Where are we going? We're going to Barnett Stadium. Now, you may like, you know, you don't know. Barnett Stadium is the home stadium of Hamilton's rival, Middletown. Middletown, Ohio is hosting this game. Hamilton's been playing Middletown, as far as my records show, since 1912. I don't know about you, but I believe in energy. Energy is something that, again, this is my own personal belief, that we absorb energy. When we like, for example, we go to a graveyard or cemetery, we absorb that negative energy and feel sad and all that stuff. Baton has outsmarted us <laughs> and decided to play this game at Burnett Stadium. Unfortunately, we agreed to play that. <laughs> so yeah, we're playing this game in Middletown. And here's another thing. You may ask yourself, well, how come we don't play the game at Baton? Like play the at Baton next year at Hamilton. Baton plays their games 
at the athletic field at Garfield Stadium. They don't have their own football facility to this day. They still don't have their own facility. They come and use Hamilton to play games. They've used Edgewood to play games. They play their games wherever they can find find a football stadium. Now, <laughs> that's it's funny to me because Bain's rich. Bain has so much money they don't know what to do with it. And then and the thing is that when you talk to a Bain person about, hey, you know, yeah, how much you pay for tuition? They don't want to talk about. Oh, we don't want to talk about that because they have money, but they don't want to pay for a stadium. But that's all changing in 2025 when Bain finally gets their own stadium. So Barnett Stadium can hold 9,000 to 10,000 seats. And it hasn't been full since 1950 where they had the All-Star Ohio football game. And since then, it has not been to capacity since. Some of the biggest crowds there has been in 1952 when Springfield uh, played Middletown and beat them 20 to nothing. Two years after that, Moeller came around and played Middletown again. So the challenge was for Hamilton to fill the stadium. So again, Bill Mahler, journalist here in in Hamilton, he was the beat writer. Prior to the Hamilton Baton game, there was an incident at the Baton Fairfield game. They were throwing golf balls at each other. Now again, I've I've already told you how rich Baton was, so you can pretty much conclude that Fairfield didn't throw no golf balls because they gonna need that golf ball right back. But the the worry was that this game in Hamilton against the two schools, Hamilton and Baton, would turn ugly. As Bill Muller wrote, Hamilton and Bain launched a football relationship Friday in Middletown, and we pray that there will be no incident to mar the game. Students have been warned about such things, but usually the students are not the ones involved. Usually it's the adults. Take a little offense to that. <laughs> this may be the only football meeting the schools have, and as tentatively scheduled for next season. Friday will be a great show. Tennis will be the largest in any game in this area for more than 20 years. Players and fans will be pumped up, as the coaches say. This could be an annual show and a real moneymaker for both schools. However, if there is any sign of an incident, the sure will be the last meeting. So what was the buzz of the city? What was going on? What was the talk of the town? In the taverns and bowling lanes, at the service clubs and bridge clubs. Side note, what is a bridge club? And where else people can gather, the talk has been Hamilton and Baton. The eyes of the entire city will be on tonight's game for everyone who was interested in one reason or another it's a healthy situation and good for the city and the harbin ratings announced this week Baton is number one in this division by a wide margin and the rams are gunning for their third straight playoff berth hamilton is eighth in their division behind the teams of moeller middletown princeton elder centerville northmont and st x it's a pretty fair accomplishment for their first year together so the stage has been set Baton's undefeated hamilton's undefeated who's going to win so first off, let's ask the Journal News. Journal News, who's winning this game? According to the Journal News, Baton beats Hamilton against a good defense. Give me the O. I'll take my chances. Whoever said that. There's no name on it. And so how did the first game go? The very first game, Hamilton-Baton, 1980, ends with Baton beating Hamilton 28-14. to 14. Yeah. That's how I feel. So the first game goes to Baton. From reading the article, it seemed like Hamilton didn't have a chance. Sportsmanship was just as good. Fans turned out in unprecedented numbers out of a crowd of 11,500, which was the largest in history at Burnett Stadium. Behavior of the fans was commendable. It was a great show of which Hamilton can be proud. 
Crowd started to arrive at 6.45. The stadium was nearly half-filled before game, and by game time, there was standing room only. The weather was perfect for football and added to the excellent show. It's unusual to see tailgating at a high school game. Welcome to 1980. So what happened, mind you? Well, you might want to ask Jeff Black and Tony Farkas. Who are they? These are the running backs for Baden. But the senior back, Jeff Black, was a senior at the time, ran up 75 yards, rushing on 10 carries. And with running mate, Tony Farkas, scoring three second-half touchdowns, Baden won the battle for the city 28-14. Black would go on to say, I just play like I was 100% because if you favor anything, it's going to happen. But I couldn't do anything with my, without my offensive line, he added. Give a lot of credit to the Ramrods. Farkas... The other running back fumbled on the first play of scrimmage in the third quarter, paved the way for Hamilton to take a f- brief 14-7 lead. And afterwards, he pointed to that. That really got me mad, Farkas nodded. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I wanted to get it back. And then he got it back threefold. So this man went crazy, scored three touchdowns. I think our offensive line really made things go. Malone, whose club won its fifth game, with I'm really proud of our team, said Malone. I'm really proud of both teams. It was a fine football game. Each team packed up 110 yards from scrimmage in the first half, a well-played game. It was 7-7 at halftime. Bain scored first on a one-yard plunge from Mark Brockman that capped a 13-play 70-yard march at 921 in the second stanza. A big play was a 24-year-old pass from quarterback John Spruill to tight end Don Elsman after the Rams stopped the blue on the fourth and one at the Bain 30. Hamilton did get a tally back off a kickoff Moving at 72 yards on nine plays with a key pass interference call against Wes Reed. Kept the drive alive at the bait in 12. Senior Don Johnson scored on a 12-yard blast play up the middle to even the count 7-all. But senior quarterback Jeff Caldwell, who also played defensive end, was held to just nine yards passing and eight tries as the Big Blue lacked the aerial game to loosen things up. I didn't know what else to do at this point, Robertson said. We worked very hard. We just didn't have the quarterback with the personality to throw the ball. We didn't have that dimension. Robertson will go on to say, there's no disgrace to lose to them, but it hurts, said a disappointed Robertson. They have a mental edge on, on everybody that played because they have had such a degree of success. So there you have it. The first game, 28-14, Baton. Some of the things that stand out to me, you did hear that Hamilton was basically one-dimensional. Passing yards. Hamilton had nine passing yards. I think they went three for eight for one pick. I think that's what it says. Go 3-8-1. I don't know how to read these old school <laughs> these old school stats. But safe to say that they had nine yards passing. That's what destroyed Hamilton. So the first year, both teams undefeated. 11,500 11, people show up to watch the game. It's a success. That many people came to watch Hamilton play. And it was good. So congratulations. So yeah, year one goes to Baton. 1-0, 28-14, Baton High School. But there is one more game to play. So the following year, it's take two. Hamilton, Baton, two at Burnett Stadium. Again, the game's being played in Middletown. Imagine my surprise when I'm reading this, that the game is played in Middletown. You know, energy. But I digress. So what what what's the, what's the city? The city got it eleven thousand five hundred last time. What's going to happen the second time? The articles written prior to the game was saying that hey, two people that's played for Big Blue has beaten Baton before. Dino Glover and Daryl Bennett. When did they beat them? When they just played one game last year? Oh, they did it as sophomores at Taft two years ago. 
as reserves or a JV team beat the Baton JV team. Hamilton being 2-2 two and two to date, but these players feel like they could put that aside for this week. This is a special week, Glover said. Last year, it was 28-14 in favor of Baton after Hamilton led 14-7. Rams was never lost to a Hamilton public school. This is the final game of a two-year contract. What does the journal say for this game, which is Saturday in Middletown? Again, energy. Baton beats Hamilton. Emotions may make it close, but Baton looks much better here. What happened? What happened in this game? The game is a 3-0 contest in favor of Baton. So, Bain has won two games against Hamilton. This one, 3-0. So, it seemed like it was more competitive because this three, was well, this, this field goal was made in the very first quarter. Rick Cassano kicked a 27-yard field goal while Mike Ledford missed a 46-yard attempt as Bain beat Hamilton 3-0 in front of a crowd of 8,000 in Middletown. The game was a story of Hamilton defense, Bain pride, a proud coach, and a perplexed coach. First, let's talk about the defense. Hamilton had an excellent defense. Baton also had an excellent defense, too. However, more about that later. The Rams would have scored several more points than the three they got from Cassano. Big Blue's defense was literally on the field the entire first half. Baton marched marched from 20 to 20. The problem was that Baton couldn't score. The reason was the Big Blue defense. To realize the magnitude of of the effort turned in by the Big Blue defense, one would consider the fact that Hamilton ran Nine offensive plays the first half. Nine offensive plays. Overall, I thought we had a good defensive effort, Malone said, after his team ranked up his third consecutive shutout, adding Hamilton to the list of Roger Bacon and Fairfield. The Rams had Hamilton to two first downs, one by penalty, and 21 total yards of offense. Furthermore, as we're recapping the 81 game, Big Blue had every right to stand tall that night. They had lost most of their starters from the previous year and kept the Rams out of the end zone. The only thing I remember, Malone said, is Cassano's kick. We used a fake punt to draw off uh, Hamilton offsides. That put us in position for the field goal. Hamilton protested. They felt that they were deliberately drawn offsides. So again, Baton outsmarted Hamilton. <laughs> that may be a theme of the games coming up in 99-2000. But again, looking at the box score, Hamilton first downs, two. Hamilton passing yards, five. And I think, again, I don't know how to read old stats. It goes passing 2-7-1. I think that means two complete passes out of seven attempts with one interception. Don't quote me. And the funny thing about this, the funny thing about this is Rick Sano. He is a beat writer the Butler County when it comes to football and on sports and all that stuff. So, Baton wins the game 3-0. Baton wins the first game 28-14. So, they're up 2-0, and then that's it, ladies and gentlemen. That's the end of the football rivalry until 1999. 20, almost 20 years since then. And they pick up the pigskins again. So it's interesting to see if 20 years has it changed. Now, 
This when we go to, when we get to 1999 2000, Hamilton has a stable coach. Uh, at that time, let's look at Dell Robertson. Dell Robertson coached after the seventy after the eighty. 81 seasons, he would finish coaching in 1984 with a overall record of 24 wins and 25 losses. Hamilton, after that, go to John Pont, who does three years with a 12 and 17 record, then enter Ed Minery. Ed Minery enters 1988 as head coach of Hamilton Big Blue, and he's up next to play. The Baton Rams in nineteen ninety nine and two thousand year. What happens when they meet again? We want to say that's for next episode. With that being said, I love football. I love Hamilton football, but this—I don't want to go back to the nineteen eighties ever again. Baton. Outsmarted, outplayed a team unequipped. Basically unequipped. So hopefully it changes in the 1990-2000 series. Stay tuned for that. I'm your host, Michael Gillespie of the WDYM. Thank you for tuning in. I will see you next time. Peace out, Girl Scout. Peace.